Welcome back to TDR's Dairy Automation Talks. I am Ruben Almada, and today we are again joined with another guest, as most of all, all of our previous pods have been. And today I'm joined by Vance Allum, the owner and operator of County Line Dairies. Welcome, Vance. Well, thank you, Ruben. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here, and um, we've known each other for quite a while, and it's it's nice to be working with you uh, in this position and um, seeing this journey into the automation world. Now that you've taken this journey, and we were just talking before we started here that in, in July, you'll be a full year with every cow on uh, automated dairying. So can you give us a little bit of background about County Line Dairy and, and where you're at today and where it kind of started? Sure, sure. So County Line Dairy, where we're at today is we are fully automated, 32 robots milking about 2,050 jerseys. Uh, as you said, uh, July 11th will be the complete one-year mark for shutting the parlor down completely. And it's uh, it's gone fast, but it's been a, a quite journey. This facility uh, I purchased in 2008 was originally built in 2002 as I believe the original Greenfield robotic facility in the state of California, if not the country. Yeah, I think um, so. So uh, it's long history with robotics in mind at this facility. Uh, so we've just kind of gone back to its original purpose. And that worked out really well for the layout that you have here, which is kind of a unique a unique layout compared to most of the Laylee layouts that people will see. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about when you um, started looking into the automated world and what made you start looking into automated milking at, at that point? So I've kind of always had an interest in the automated world and kept a pulse on it. Uh, what triggered some more serious looking would be back uh, in 2016, uh, California passed AB. 1066, which reduced our overtime and our weekly hours from 60 to 40 over a gradual phase-out process uh, ending in 2023. So um, that that triggered that we need to start looking at how to be more efficient with with labor and the facility and the rising costs in California. How do we drive more efficiency here? So 2019 is when I, I took the serious dive into it and started the, the full-blown research on the project and financial modeling. When when that law passed in 2016, knowing you and how you like to really look at your numbers and everything, what did you see that was going to do to your labor costs if you stayed on the path that you were on the conventional farm? Unconventional farm oh, if I, you don't mind me asking that. I mean, we can go yeah, broad I mean, numbers. There was going to be probably an additional 600 hours overtime a pay period. Um, a pay in, period. A pay period so, in that, or we were going to have to add more employees, which then adds additional costs with COP, healthcare, um, payroll taxes. So uh, the picture wasn't pretty, no matter how you looked at it. Right. And, and the availability of labor is going to be tough. And also going to existing staff and saying, hey, you're, your pay is probably going to get cut because a law has just taken a third of your hours that could have worked under regular time away. So I've got to decide, do I pay you one and a half times for the, that third of hours or do I add more people for it? So it was, it was going to be a tough conversation all the way around. Yeah, that makes sense. That, you know, makes sense why you look into the automated world and to try to do that in the efficiency world. So 2019, you start to do the financial modeling and taking a deep dive into this and 
which at some point must have led you to Laylee to looking at the Laylee aspect and choosing to work with Laylee and uh, TDR. What led to those things? Um, you know what, what led to that was understanding the, the Laylee philosophy and and bottling. Uh, to be completely honest, originally we were looking a different route because the facility was originally built as a guided flow facility. So, thought, yeah, we can't do this free flow thing. Mm-hmm. Um, end of 2019, I actually took a trip back to Holland and met with uh, the Lely crew at Lely Land in Rotterdam and got to understand not only the philosophies they use, but the company and how they are wholly invested into automation, uh, feeding, milking, calf feeding, and not dabbling in automation like some of the other uh, vendors are in the uh, automated world. It's kind of Laylee's focus. And we've had a, a long history at this facility with TDR, and we we trust them as a, a supplier and a valued partner and knew that if it was going to be done, they would make sure it was done right. Yeah, we've enjoyed, you know, my short time, I've enjoyed working from the TDR's perspective with County Line. It's been very enjoyable to learn the whole automated system with you guys along kind of started together in this process. So it's been really nice. Um, how has the automated milking on at the dairy changed the operation as a whole from your, the, from the way you manage and f- down to how the employees manage the cows and stuff and how Lorraine manages his, his responsibilities with the people, the people on the farm. It's, it's been a, a wholesale change on, how you manage the facility. Um, that was one of the learnings from our trip to, to Holland. I kind of understood it. I took my father with me who just thought these things milk cows and that's all they do. But it's really a whole management style philosophy. So we get a lot more data. Mm-hmm. And data is key to all of our decision making now. Um, on, on the management side, um, it's freed up my herdsman to, to do more uh, you know, evaluating of cows, and he's becoming more trusting of the data too. He's he's a longtime cow guy, and is still of the belief, and rightfully so, that you know you got to physically look at the cow, and you can't just trust what a computer tells you. But he's he's seeing it match up now. Yeah. Um, on the employee front, I think it's it's made their workload more enjoyable, more more predictable. Um, We've, we've engineered out a lot of the, the risk points um, of moving cattle or handling cattle uh, where you'd see workers' comp injuries. So I feel we've got a, a safer work site. And, and on the savings side, uh, we did reduce staff by 50% total headcount. And of the staff that's here, they're probably working about 8% less than they were before. So. I think it's helped improve quality of life some too. So with, with that came some some uh, payroll changes on how to you know compensate them for the work they're doing, and I, I think it's really you know brought the team together. And we've got a, a tighter knit team that's that's driving towards the same end goal. Yeah, I, I noticed that when you walk around and talk to the guys that they seem there's a lot of um, ownership. They have a lot of ownership. You know, you talk to one and they, that's my pen that I'm taking care of or my barn that I'm taking care of. So there's some ownership to that. And, and you walk around here and you see how everything's so well taken care of. You see the, the employees have really bought in, bought into that. Um, and so that's, it's, a, it's really nice. And you, everybody has a job, you know, you have a guy that takes care of your beds and that kind of stuff. You have the guys taking care of their, 
of the pins and fetching and that such. So you've done a really good job with that. Um, so that's, but that wasn't the whole time, right? There was, there were during this transition process, there was some difficult times in there just because of, it was a, a long transition process. Like you said at the beginning here, you know, it's been a year since you have had all the cows on the robots, but it was a year before that, that we started milking cows in a robot. So there was a, a full year of transition through there. What was the most difficult part of that? The, the most difficult part would be trying to manage two separate, essentially two separate herds and types of management on one facility. And um, in the early days, it, it got tough because everybody wanted to focus, myself included, on the shiny new toy, the robots, the they're fun, they're cool, and then all of a sudden you'd have a fire on the uh, the conventional side because you've lost a little bit of focus and sight there, and then you'd have to, to pivot, and then something would flare up on the robot. So it really was tough managing through, you know, having the two, almost two different facilities mm -hmm. on a single site. Um, probably took three to six months to tamp that down and, and get it going where we want it because we really wanted to focus on getting the robots started right and those right. cows going properly from the beginning but that did come at a small the, cost the okay. small cost of the conventional herd and losing some focus there and, and, and we talked about that throughout the process that it the difficulty with that and such and i i think i think your time frame three to six months lines up i think when we when you got to about half of the cows on each side that became pretty easy a lot not easy but more manageable and easy to understand okay we need to do this here now we can go over here and in, in, in that aspect yeah it was it was a lot easier to assign labor to you know either side and get the the staff trained that you know the, the first ones that were going to be the robot leads trained up and right and let them fully focus on robots so they had the first three months when it was just eight robots going it was hard to have enough for them to do right to be dedicated there and then if they're over there and they come over here somebody might be doing that that i totally understandable so that that was that would that would be the biggest challenge i mean breaking cows after the first time through uh you know we got a good system in place so that wasn't the hurdle i would have predicted it was going to be uh when we did the first barn startup it actually got a lot easier each time we did it and that was the beauty of doing it in phases as we saw problems or issues arise or designs that we wanted to design out, we still had the opportunity to do that in the new pins and we could make the minor adjustments in the operational pins. Yeah. And that was definitely something that we know that we, we, we discussed and went throughout and made changes as we went. Not We didn't make any layout changes or anything like that. It was more just changes on how we broke in cows and training cows. I mean, you, you guys, after that first barn, were very high proponent of training, putting the cows into training mode. And we did a week of training for every pen that we did from there on. And I think it be, was a huge um, benefit to everybody, cows and people included. Yeah, I, I think so. It, it made the process smoother and, and calmer and a more, a more relaxed environment to get the cows settled in. And then there were some small tweaks, like we had to put some one-way gates. Yep in front of the exits of robots because the boss cows were, you know, trying to dive back in for feed. Yeah. Stuff that you, you find with jerseys that maybe you don't see with other breeds. Yes, true, true. But, you know, we just got, we just discussed the biggest challenge in the transition process. But now that you're in this almost a full, full year with everybody, 
what's the best thing about having this automated milking uh, here at the farm? You know, I, I think it's it's compliance, it's data, um, it's the cow comfort. I know it's getting done the same way every single time. Where as humans, we we can train and train and train, but we all have good days, we all have bad days, and we're people. So no matter what, those cows in our, our old situation, they were all milked by the same batch of people trained the same way, but with three three-person crews, everybody probably did it a little bit different. Right. So now we've got the consistency and we've got the uh, supporting data to back it up and to to manage this herd forward into the future to, to maximize efficiencies um, in the state we're at. So. Yeah, that's I think that's a great, great point you make there. Um, how has um, all of this changed the way you guys feed the cows and um we talked about that a little bit before we got on was just like you were feeding them um typical california you know two twice a day probably in a a, a tmr now you're on a pmr but you're doing it more often too right yeah so we're that's still an evolving uh process but yeah we were feeding twice a day uh with about three or four different tmr rations um, up until this week, we were feeding one PMR to everybody mm-hmm. five times a day. We made an adjustment for our first lactations this week to try to give them a little more energy uh, for some growth needs. So they're going to go back to a twice a day feeding while the mature cows are going to stay on a three time a day feeding. And then we'll just adjust our Junos for pushups accordingly to still make sure they've got fresh feed in front of them all the time. But it, from a feed standpoint, it, it's made the feeder's life easier. He was down to one milk cow ration. He's got two now, which is still still doable and efficient for him. So it's it's a balancing act between efficiency and you know mm-hmm. too many options to choose from. So right. uh, yeah, um, having spent you know and done this automation and converted the, your barn into a completely automated milking system. And you have, like you spoke about the Junos, you, you, you have Junos pushing in all your, all your feed. Um, so have you looked at other automation technologies that are out there from, you know, the feeding tech, there's some feeding technologies out there. There's, you know, foot baths and, and that kind of stuff. That was one thing that you didn't install was, was a foot bath. I think there was a lot of consideration into, into why not to do it and, and stuff. And I think it made sense when you didn't go that route, the way your, your layout was and everything. And the reduced walking for your cows and stuff, but have you looked at other technologies? Yeah, I've, I've always got my eye to the future. So we are keeping a close watch on the automated feeding technology and how we could put that into play. Um, also, we don't raise any calves currently, but um, I think there is some, some value to automated calf feeders and um, consistency on raising calves and the data you could get on the the front end that's going to help you 20 to 24 months later when you're you're actually milking those cows i, I see is a lot of value and i'm just currently watching it got yeah a, got a facility to pay off so <laughs> right so, so right. Not, not getting ready to dive anywhere else but um i see them coming as as added features and they're not far off future but not near future they're they're uh intermediate yeah probably things that 
need to continue to be evaluated and, and watch the design flow. I think that's an ever-changing area um, and, and size size of the equipment matters. Right. Totally understood. So, you know, you being one of the first, one of the newer dairies, one of the biggest, the biggest dairy in California that went uh, automated. Um, and what would you tell the fellow dairymen that, and what do you tell? Cause you do host a lot of people here um, and we're gracious for that. And um, when they're considering and making this switch, what, what do you tell them? What do you tell them? Like, Hey, you know, the most important thing is do your research. Everybody's facility is different. Everybody's goals in the end are different. So, I mean, take your time. We researched this project for probably 20 months with financial modeling. But, you know, there was probably another eight to 10 months of just, you know, doing some reading and dabbling and conversations about it. So, I, you need to take your time. It's not a, a quick decision. Right. Um and then once once you've made the decision that that's your future or your goal, you need to make sure you have the right people on the team. Uh, one one player not buying in can cause the whole thing to go sideways. So, yeah, um, and, and and I think that speaks more of the team that you have on the farm than yeah. it, it, that kind of stuff. And you have you know your management team that is, I think he's was bought in from the from the get go. Yeah, and he, we brought we brought management in early. Uh, I brought Lorenzo in and said, "This is what I'm thinking." And so, you know, we he could see what I was thinking for the future. And if that wasn't what he thought or liked, it, it gave him the opportunity to speak up or 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 go elsewhere. But you know, luckily he he bought in. He saw the vision, and I think he's seeing the fruit of it now. And he's he's enjoying what we've done. He's he's re-energized. But yeah, it's it's very important to have everybody bought in it you know if you keep it a secret the whole time and try to spring it on on your staff on, on a larger facility mm -hmm. it's got the potential to go sideways or have you know people trying to poison the well because they don't like the concept right and then finally be ready for change because it is a full change on the way you manage cows the way you think about cows and just your daily tasks you know. So we don't move cows. Once they go to a robot, that's where they stay. We post-sort cows after milking. So our, our vet checks, our breedings, everything is done in a management pin behind the robots. It's the cows in front of the robot. The goal is not to even go in those pins if we don't have to. Um, it's let's rake the beds, let's fill the beds, and, and leave those cows alone and let them be cows. So it is a, it's a whole different philosophy for uh, the dairymen and the ones that want to go out and touch and lock their cows up every day and, and be with the cows, it could be a hard change for them. But I think if you sit down and think about it, it's, it's a positive change. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. You, I think we go from managing the, the, the pen to yeah. managing the cow, the individual cow. And I think that's a big, I think the people that like to lock their cows up actually will benefit, will benefit that more because they get to see the specific cow that they need to and not worry about anybody else because they know that those cows need to be unlocked. But you make a good point. It might be difficult at first because you're so used to locking every cow every day to do all your touches. And here we don't, you don't do that in that aspect. Yeah. So I mean, it's, and I think you touched on, on something important there about, you know, right now when we, we manage, especially in feeding, we feed to an average um, in a traditional facility with the robot, you've got the ability. Yeah. You'll feed to an average, uh, 
on the PMR side, but you're able to dial in the needs of, of specific cows and make sure you're not shortchanging a cow that's got more production yield behind her. And the one that's not pulling her weight, you're, she's still getting adequate feed, and um, but you maybe pulled some costs down on that animal. You could invest too. that cost in another animal that could go some could go somewhere else. Very good point there. Exactly. Very good point. During this process, you said you went to and back to Holland and there, but did you vi- did you go and visit a lot of? I know you visited some. Did you visit a lot of dairies? And is that something that you? recommend to guys that are looking at this yeah i I would i would visit you know we need to look at different designs different facilities Um, once we had kind of decided and focused in on lalies uh i was at postmas a lot i would call them often and say i'm going to come by to the point they said just come by (laughs) uh some of the guys think you work here but i I still always wanted them to know when i was on the facility and off the facility um, I would think of things in the middle of the night and write it down and call them in the morning and say, Hey, I want to come look at this today. And, and that's, I think part of the process, and that's what we're trying to do here is be open and let people that are truly invested into moving forward in the process. Um, you know, we, we took the benefits of learning from others and we feel we need to pass that on to those that are, are ready to make the, the next step too. It's become kind of a community the the automated system is kind of, you guys can, you know, talk to each other and ask questions and learn and that kind of aspect. And speaking of that, you know, you said you saw different layouts, Well, you went with a, a layout that we don't see too often. Right. And so can you tell us a little bit about your layout so that, I mean, obviously people can't see it, but you yeah. can, we can talk through it a little bit. So our barns are, they're five row barns. So we've got the feeding alleys and the two outer rows. We feed on the outside perimeter of the pin as opposed to down the center of the barn like most conventional facilities would be and then we've got three rows six rows of beds Uh inside three um alleys and then the robots are actually in the center of the barn with 40 stall management pins behind them so we've got two rights two left robots and they'll toll through if they need to be sorted from the outer robots to the inner robots to the sort pin or if they don't they're released back to the pin so the cows are walking at maximum from one end of the pen to a robot of 223 feet. And that's a big change from, from the conventional barn, right? Yeah, our farthest cows were walking uh, 1,500 feet one way. So they're doing a, uh, almost a mile. Almost a mile. Each milking. Each milking. Uh, half a mile each milking. A mile a day. A little over yeah. a mile a day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a, a huge change. So um, That's going to help feet a lot. And, and the design came about of necessity because we were remodeling existing barns. Uh, yep. We had a tunnel here that was part of the original design that bisects the dairy. So we had to work around that. The electrical, the air was all set in a certain place. So it's really turned into a, a very functional design that um, we saw one similar in Denmark to it. Uh-huh. It was actually a Jersey dairy. Uh-huh. Um that that looked like this and you know i think if i would do this again i would probably design barns like these uh, just like the the layout and the flow and the fact that we can still manage beds and all of our raking and filling and we never have to get the cows away from the robot or feed we can we can do that we'll just kick them out of one row at a time and they're in and out in seven minutes. Yeah, I think that 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 key right there that you said you can manage your beds, which is always a challenge in an automated system. Uh, uh, 
that we have to try to figure out and manage around. But in the way your barn is laid out, you can get in. Cows are not locked away from a robot. They're not locked away from feed. Like I said, you're in less than 10 minutes, you have a row done. And so you can be in, would you say you have five, four rows of in there that they come in? Uh, so you do a row. So rows, two sets, two rows of beds. So <laughs> yeah, three rows. 20, 25 minutes. minutes you're done with the pen. You're so, done with the pen. So, so it's, that's, I think, a huge, plays a huge factor in, in there too. So, um, I think that's it for today. I mean, short and sweet, and these have been that way. So I, again, Vance, I appreciate you taking the time today to to join me and share a little bit about what's going on at County Line and um, your your journey throughout this process. And maybe in the future, we'll have you on again and see how things have, have evolved over the years and time. So once again, Vance, thank you for your time. Well, that's great. Thank you, Ruben, and thank you for all you do and TDR does for us here at County Line along with Layla. Appreciate it. For TDR's Dairy Automation Talks, I am Ruben Almada. Thank you.